we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And welcome to episode 116 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hi, Adam. Hello. How are you? I beat you too, and I'm sorry. How are you doing? Great. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. We're in the same room together, which is nice. We are in the same room together. We work in different parts of the building. Not very far, but... No. This is actually... This is the first time I've actually seen you today, other than complaining earlier for like three seconds. That is true. So. So. But yeah. What are we doing today? We're talking about short books. Yeah. We are talking about short books. Uh, one of our librarian co-workers, I think Kristen, wrote a blog for our library blog about short reads that are perfect for like weekend getaways or just long weekends. And we thought, let's make it a podcast so we don't have to think of another idea for the week, which is true, if not lazy. Um, so we are going to go through some of our favorite short books that you can get through in a weekend, or if you're going on a road trip, you can download the audiobook of them, and they make really good, um, really good quick reads and things like that. A lot of mine are memoirs, but I tried to pick ones that I haven't talked about in the past. They're they're good. They're no, good. They're I harder. you don't have to explain to me. I know you're just it's giving fine. me a look. Um, no, I just realized I totally typed them incorrectly on my notes. But go ahead. <laughs> uh, Oh, actually, before I do this, so I'm feeling kind of guilty because I'm going to be gone this weekend, and this weekend's Mother's Day. It is. So I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, because uh, I will not be here on actual Mother's Day. My mom was very nice to not give me too much crap about that. So happy Mother's Day. My mom was very influential in me becoming a reader, so I can't get all sappy, but love you, Mom, and all the moms out there. So that was my, my PSA. Good um, job, Adam. Thanks. Do you want me to start with actual books? Sure. Uh, my first one is Ocean at the End of the Lane by Neil Gaiman. I feel like I have to mention a Neil Gaiman something every time, and I haven't mentioned this one yet, <laughs> I don't think. Uh, Ocean at the End of the Lane is kind of like a modern-day-ish fairy tale. Uh, this guy is driving around in a place that he grew up after a, a funeral, and he remembers spending all of these times at this house, which is um, in the farm and uh, in like the farmland in the country. And he starts thinking back to when he was a child and he remembers that all these fanciful things happen. And this woman comes and lives in their house with them for a while and he can't get a beat on if she's evil, if she's not. And then it's just really interesting because it starts off feeling like a very grounded, realistic book. And then 
it delves into fantasy and magic and and all things like that and for a new game book it's really really short i think it's like under 200 pages so very much enjoy it and i think it came out a couple years ago so you'll probably be able to get it at your library pretty easily now-ish um speaking of neil gaiman the sleeper and the spindle oh it's so good oh, it's so good i was trying to decide if i want which one i wanted to put on i'm glad you put this on yours good thing you have me yay um so this was a uh it's like a novella i mean it's not very long it's under 100 pages i think so um described as a reimagined fairy to- tale told in a way only gaiman can that's a, yeah <laughs> um so sleeper and the spindle um, allusions to Snow White and Sleeping Beauty, and I don't want to, you know. No, yeah. That's... Part of the magic is reading it, so. Yeah, no, it's it's so good. Um, and if you actually, if you're looking for another short read, and you want to read it with your children, that's a really good one. And also, um, fortunately, the milk is another Neil Gaiman that is spectacular. Um, now we've covered most of his short books. Do you think if we mention Neil Gaiman enough, he'll come on our podcast? Well, I saw that you tweeted at Stephen King the other day talking about it. I did I did tweet Stephen King. He has not responded, I don't believe. If, but... you, if you follow us on Twitter, at ProBookNerds, uh, it's, it's pretty... Jill and I are pretty transparent about some of our favorite authors and how often we, we tweet at them. We're not hiding it. How many We're... Margaret Atwood tweets do you think we've had? Um, just on ours or mine as well. Oh God! <laughs> I've had her respond. She's pretty responsive on. I know her, that's why we which keep is trying. Pretty magical. I liked your your blatant for everyone who doesn't follow us on Twitter. Uh, so a few weeks ago we interviewed Greg Isles, and the episode hasn't gone up yet. But Greg Isles is in a band with Stephen King, and I don't want to give too much away because it's really funny in the episode. But he told some humorous stories about Stephen King. Well, he told us one on the record, and then he told us one off the record. Yeah. <laughs> and then Jill just blatantly retweeted something that Stephen King wrote about Greg Isles. And was like, he told stories about you on our podcast. You should come on our podcast. And I loved it so much. I wanted to, like, frame that tweet <laughs> and put it in our recording studio. Shameless. I am shameless so to good. talk to Stephen King. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Um, my next book is Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Uh, it was a number one New York Times bestseller. It was a National Book Award winner. But if you have not read it, uh, please, please do. Um, Toni Morrison calls it required reading, which makes it required reading. Yes. If Toni Morrison is like, you should read this book, then yeah. you should read this book. Basically, uh, what it is, is it's kind of like uh, an autobiography. It's nonfiction. And what he does is he looks at some of the biggest questions in about American history and race relations and all sorts of things. But what he does is he tries to answer those questions, and he does so in a letter that he writes to his adolescent son. And it, he shares with his son, and obviously everyone reading the book, the story of kind of like his awakening to truth about his place in the world and, and all these experiences through college and the Civil War battlefields, all sorts of stuff that he was both a part of and things that he wasn't a part of. And it's really quick and it's incredibly important. I highly recommend it. So that's Between the World and Me by Tani Kesey Coates in case you have not read it yet. Speaking of Stephen King. <laughs> Had I have known you were going to do that, I would have let you do the next book. It's fine. He had a collection of four novellas come out called Different Seasons. And so it's four short books in one 
Yes. It's like, you know, four know. for one. No, you're Great. right. So, um, there's, uh, how it works. It's called Different Seasons because they all have a subtitle that translates to one of the seasons. Um, so there's Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, Apt Pupil, The Body, which became the movie Stand By Me, and then The Breathing Method. Um, so, yeah, it's a good, I mean, I read all of them. I, I think if you're, I talk about Stephen King all the time for our new listeners. What? And our old listeners, I talk about Stephen King all the time. But I always tell people that if you're not really into horror, um, to read his short stories. And I would put his novellas, like, different seasons. And then he had Hearts in Atlantis. Um, they are not as horror, horror. Mm-hmm. I mean, The Shawshank Redemption, that that is not a horror movie. Or, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, anyway. So, if you, you know, are looking for something short... Um, and maybe you want to give Stephen King a try. I would suggest different seasons, and you can read all four of them in one. Speaking of horror, <laughs> professional <laughs> transitions, uh, Shirley Jackson's We Have Always Lived in the Castle. Uh, so it's kind of like, it's not as scary as other Shirley Jackson things, but there's a large estate, and there's a murder most foul. I saw that as a description somewhere. Murder like, most foul. Um, it reminds me, if you are a Broadway fan, which obviously we are, it reminds me kind of of A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder a little bit. Mm. Uh, the description is super short on overdrive.com, and it describes it better than I would. Uh, Marikette Blackwood lives on the family estate with her sister Constance and her uncle Julian, incredible names in this family. Not long ago, there were seven Blackwoods until a fatal dose of arsenic found its way into the Sugar Bowl one terrible night. Acquitted of the murders, Constance has returned home where Maricat protects her from the curiosity and hostility of the villagers. Their days pass by in happy isolation until cousin Charles appears. Only Maricat can see the danger and she must act swiftly to keep Constance from his grasp. Again, nice little fun uh, creepy read. More of a mystery though than, than of a horror kind of not as scary as The Haunting on Hill House, but read that in October. Also Shirley Jackson. Also Shirley Jackson. I think somebody... Christina loves it. Okay. Because I feel like during our Halloween episode, she mentioned that one. I couldn't remember. Yep. It was that one or Haunting on Hill House, but I was pretty sure it was that one. Um, okay. I have a lot of novellas on my list, but whatever. I'm going with it. Well, we said short reads. We so did say short reads. I know. Um, so Brokeback Mountain by Annie Prue. I almost put that on my list. It's so good. You guys, it's so good. If you've seen the movie, um, which came out, what, like 15 years ago? Wow. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's probably something like that. I think that. you're right. Um, they did a, It's a very good adaptation of, of, the, of the novella. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so good, you guys. Just read it. <laughs> Yeah. That's all I have to say. Um, I mean, like Annie Prue, she's she's a phenomenal writer. Um, so you know, and yeah. Jack and just all of it. Mm-hmm. So good. I have The Giver by Lois oh, Lowry. Book. Yeah. That they also made that new movie. It wasn't Let's not talk about that. Yeah. Um well they give away there's a part in the book that's a like an Oh my God! Moment that they that's an incredible with the apple. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. But they give it away in the trailer of the movie. Like that's a huge part of the story. I will say I I have my complaints about that film, but the way they handled all of that, mm-hmm. I did like. Yeah, because that was my main concern. I'm like, 
how do you translate this to film because it's so visual? Right. But they actually did it in a very subtle way. Mm -hmm. But yes. I know. Uh, But anyway, if... I feel like I can't talk about The Giver without giving too much of it away. Um, sure you can. I mean, it's so... I mean, it's a... It's like a young adult read, but it's... it's dystopian. It's dystopian. The kids are assigned their jobs, you know, basically. Mm -hmm. And then at this, like, big ceremony, they're assigned their jobs, but then our main character, Jonas... Yeah, and they, they get, like, medicine... They take medicine so that they don't feel emotions or feelings or or anything like that. And there's one main person who has all of the memories of the past and all of the emotion and pain and happiness and all these different things that he kind of keeps bottled up. And our main character is being chosen to have that stuff passed on to him. And it's that's that's ominous. It's it's so incredible. It's wonderful. Just read it. It's one of my favorite books ever. Yeah, it's great. But maybe skip the movie. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Um. So, Shop Girl by Steve Martin. Really? <laughs> Interesting. What does that mean? No, I love Steve Martin. It just that surprised me. Why? Continue. I don't know. Have you Explain read Shop it. Girl? No, I haven't. I just Have you seen the movie Shop Girl with their names no. and Steve Martin? <laughs> I have not. So, um, Shop Girl. Wait, did he cast himself in it? He did. Cast good for him. In it. <laughs> it's a Woody Allen thing. It's a good move. It is a Woody Allen thing. Um, so, Shop Girl by Steve Martin is um, about a young woman who works in a shop. Fun fact. Good name. <laughs> um, she works at a. A fancy um, upper class department store, and she kind of finds herself caught between these two men. One who is um, Steve Martin. Um, he's like middle aged. He's older. He's very much like a perpetual bachelor type of thing, like living fancy, expensive life. And then there's the sort of socially awkward slacker kid who <laughs> is more her age, but not as refined as. Um, the the older character Ray. So uh, it's just kind of I don't know. It's a fun book. Um, mm-hmm. It's Steve Martin. He's it's not your typical Steve Martin because it's not super comedic. Like it's right. not meant to be like a comedy funny thing. But I, I've always enjoyed it, and it's a. I'm gonna have to check this out. You should. I have a copy you can borrow. Okay. Uh, and if you like, this wasn't one of my on my list. But if you like Steve Martin and you want an audiobook. Uh, download Born Standing Up, which is his autobiography. It's honestly just like a long stand-up session with Steve Martin. It's really good. Uh, my next one is... What's my next one? My next one is Annihilation by Jeff Vandermeer. Uh, we talked about Jeff Vandermeer recently because his new book, Born, just came out. Uh, I actually got... He's not currently on our schedule f- to be on the podcast, but we, I was sent a a beautiful oh, you were. advanced reader That's copy. Right. It's actually a hardcover, because we talked about how like, just gorgeous the cover is, yeah. and lo and behold, one of them showed up at my desk. So 
True story. That was exciting. But the one I want to talk about, which I have read, is Annihilation. It's the first book in his Southern Reach trilogy. Uh, dystopian. Not too shocking there. <laughs> um, but basically, what has happened is... It's it's described as Kafka-esque, as a Kafka-esque nightmare world, which makes me kind of chuckle. Uh, there is a series, or there's a number of areas in the world that are not explored. People, after a couple of horrible things happen to the world, there is a few areas on the map that people don't travel to, and one of them is called Area X. And uh, it's been cut off for decades, and the first time someone travels there, people come back with reports of, like, Basically, they see, like, the land, Garden of Eden. It's like, mm-hmm. this place is perfect. We all need to go there. It's incredible. Uh, so a second expedition ends up going, and they commit mass suicide. And then a third expedition goes, and all of the members end up turning on each other. And then a series of expeditions keep happening. The 11th one, um, people return kind of like, like they're not themselves anymore. And then within a few weeks, they've all died of cancer. And so Annihilation joins the 12th expedition and the 12th expedition is four women who go and their job is basically to figure out what's going on, but not get contaminated, <laughs> which cracks me up. It's like, well, 11 separate groups got contaminated, but you guys aren't gone. Sure. Um, and then, so it's, it takes them through this world and they discover these crazy geographical things they were expecting and these animals that they can't describe. And it's just, it's so good. And there's, there's a trilogy, but the first one is super short. Sounds um, really good. And yeah, it's wonderful. I believe it It did win a Nebula Award. And it was, I think it was the number one New York Times bestseller. Um, but Jeff Vandermeer is awesome when it comes to science fiction. So Annihilation is the one I was just talking about. Um, so when I think of like short reads, I don't necessarily always think of, I mean, Pages is kind of the obvious one. But I also think in terms of, like, quick reads, things that don't take very long to read. Yeah. And I think graphic novels fall into that. Absolutely. Because they're not always... Because they might have a lot of pages, but it's not a lot of text that you're mm-hmm. working your way through. So one of my favorites is um, Drama by Raina Telgemeier, mm-hmm. um, which is about uh, Callie. She is a uh, middle schooler who works in theater and is part of the school's drama crew behind the scenes. And it's just sort of about um, being a middle schooler and new relationships and working in the theater. And as a theater nerd, it was spot on. (laughs) (laughs) Just going to say that, you know, like there's like. I know what you mean. Okay. So like school crushes and and um, dealing with questioning your, you know, sexuality at that age and all sorts of stuff. I, I loved it. Um, she has a whole bunch of other ones. She she does the Babysitters Club graphic novels. Oh, which are amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but drama is my favorite. I love drama. So I miss uh, like show practice for theater so much. Like we have a, a guy on on the marketing team whose name is also Adam. Oh, that's right. He. Run, he actually he's the president of one of the community theaters in the in our area, and so he'll come. He actually sits right in front of me, which is not confusing for anyone at all that there's two nope. Adams right next to each other. Uh, and he'll tell me all about like just their dress rehearsals and all sorts of stuff. And I just miss that so much. 
Yes, I have a friend who um, listens to this podcast. Hello, Alexa. Who Alexa. does? Um, she does. She's a stage manager for a, a theater, um, a local community theater, and yeah, every she talks about all their different rehearsal stuff. Like, mm-hmm. so jealous. So I'm like, I'm like, I know it's so much work, especially when you have a full time job, right? But ugh, I miss it. I miss community theater. Yeah, yeah, oh, good times. Agreed. Uh, midnight Denny's after shows. Uh, we would go to Friendly's. Oh, Friendly. We actually had a Friendly's right across the street from our Denny's now that I'm thinking about it. Yep, we would always go to Friendly's and of course not warn them and then we'd like all show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a lot of pancakes and coffee. <laughs> always. So uh, it makes my coffee addiction now. That explains a lot. It explains a lot, yeah. Um, so the rest of mine are all memoirs, uh, except for one. But uh, I'm going to go through them pretty quickly. Uh, Paddle Your Own Canoe by Nick Offerman. They're kind of, uh, Nick Offerman, famous for, for playing Ron Swanson, famous for being Megan Mullally's husband, famous for being general, amazing human Pretty being. much. Um, Paddle Your Own Canoe is kind of like his 10 steps to living life the proper way, and it's hysterical. And when you read it, you, he has, he's really good friends with George Saunders, which we talked to George Saunders about, humble brag. Um, <laughs> but he's just... He's an incredible writer. For someone who is mainly known as an actor, he also has his own high-end wood shop, and he's an incredible writer. And it just, it's such a quick read, and it's, it's all about his ideas on how to love your spouse properly and how to live the right way. It just, he has a couple different books, but Powder and Canoe is the first one where everyone's like, "Oh my God, Nick Offerman, you're amazing." That's the first one. I can keep going if you want. Yeah, go ahead and keep going. Uh, Dirty Daddy by Bob Saget. Uh, everyone... I love Bob Saget. He's so funny. Um, and he's very dirty. Yeah. that's a th- So <laughs> if you're not familiar with real life Bob Saget, of course, he was the guy who was the father on Full House. He was Danny Tanner. And he also was um, America's Funniest Home Videos host at the same time. So he had this like perfect... Uh, people saw him as this literal perfect father figure when in reality if you have ever seen him do comedy live he is one of the dirtiest comedians out there yep but he's hysterical and so this is actually this book is a a lot of revealing like he i was expecting it because i know his his comedy i was expecting it to be pretty vulgar and dirty and tell like horrible jokes about all of his co-workers and people but it was more just him going through his life, and then when he gets to the stuff about, like, Full House, talking about how deeply he cares about all of the people that he worked with, and it's really, really good. I, I like it a lot. Um, another one is David Spade is Almost Interesting. <laughs> David Spade, another, like, snarky, sarcastic, uh, kind of a, a jerk you on stage, but he tells these really great stories about his relationship with Chris Farley and... All the all these just stories that he has from growing up in Hollywood, and um, if if you like things like Tommy Boy or really anything David Spade's ever been in, pretty much, um, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I'm just a person by Tig Notaro. I think Melissa talked about that on the podcast, uh, but Tig Notaro is a comedian who revealed on stage at a random uh, a random set that she had breast cancer and like kind of turned the world upside down and. She had not been super well known before that, and now she's 
getting a lot of publicity uh, and well-deserved because she's an amazing comedian. Uh, and she's healthy now, which is great. But this is kind of her story about her life and going through all of that. Uh, so it's wonderful. Uh, Diary of a Mad Diva by Joan Rivers. <laughs> Another one. Oh, uh, Joan. Yeah. Oh, Joni. Uh, her daughter gave her a journal one day, like, near later on in her life. And she's like, what would I ever want with this? This is a stupid idea. And then she started writing down all of her daily thoughts about everything. And it's just, it's exactly what you would want from a book by Joan Rivers. And then, um, speaking of comedians who have sadly passed away that I absolutely love, uh, Rickles Letters by Don Rickles. Um, talk about dirty comedians. He was the meanest. Uh, Don Rickles was like the meanest, most inappropriate, borderline racist comedian, but he insulted everyone. Didn't matter where. Equal opportunity. Exactly. And he, every, and he was also just like, a, I guess, a sweetheart as a, as a person. So he would insult you and then you would love him for it. And he has all these stories about um, how he was friends with everyone in the Rat Pack and all these different things and Johnny Carson. Uh, but Rickle's letters are, he writes these letters to people in in life that had like historical things. Like um, he writes one to Mrs. Lincoln. He's like, so sure. sorry about the issues you had at the theater the other week, mm-hmm. but can you get me tickets somewhere near the aisle if you have a chance for next week? Like, it's like these like letters to people in history, which were amazing. Um, and then the last book I have is called Bad Days in History. I actually haven't read this, but I want to now. It's by Michael Farquhar, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. It's a gleefully grim chronicle of misfortune, mayhem, and misery for every day of the year. So basically, he went back in history. Um, he works for National Geographic. And he went back in history and found something unfortunate or terrible that happened to some uh, society it, or civilization in history for every single day of the year. Wow, so, that's, uh... Yeah. So we're recording this on May 9th. In there, there's a passage about something that happened to a civilization <laughs> on a May 9th at some point in history. So, uh... Okay, that was a lot. That was all of mine. I'm going to take a sip of water if you want to talk. Sure. Um, I have two more that are kind of tied together. Um, the Hours by Michael Cunningham. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mrs. Dalloway by Virginia Woolf. So, um, for those that don't know, um, Mrs. Dalloway is um, sort of a classic Virginia Woolf book. And it kind of looks at um, one day in the life of Mrs. Dalloway. And she is getting ready to host a party and is sort of reflecting um, on... uh, the past, um, as she's sort of dealing with these last-minute party preparations and getting ready with everything like that. So, um, Michael Cunningham wrote The Hours, which is takes sort of the same kind of themes of um, Mrs. Dalloway and that there is a woman planning a party and also reflecting on... Um, things and relationships from the past, but it, it looks at, um, the, the hours are separated into three different things. There's, uh, there's Virginia Woolf actually writing Mrs. Dalloway. There's the present with the party being planned. And then there is a woman, um, reading Mrs. Dalloway in the past. Um, she's married, she has a child, she's pregnant, and she's just having a really hard time while reading Mrs. Dalloway. And you don't really find out until the very end, how everything sort of ties together. 
but it's really just lovely. And both are short reads. They're not very long, um, but they go, they pair very well together. Nice. So, yeah. Love it. That's all I got. Well, I think we, we did good. I think we, we did, did well. too. Um, for our library friends, I should mention, if you visit our blog, blogs.overdrive.com, uh, you'll see stuff that we write all the time, but one of them is the list that inspired this. The blog itself is called Short Reads for Weekend Getaways or Staycations. Um, if you're not a librarian, you can still visit that website. And we're not, it's not like hidden or anything. Um, but for our library friends, we have links in there that'll take you to Marketplace where you can purchase all these titles for your collection if you'd like. Normal readers cannot do that. Um, I mean, you can for yourself, but... Yeah. Not for your library. Not for your library. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can, as I mentioned, find us on Twitter at ProBookNerds, or you can email us at ProfessionalBookNerds at Overdrive.com. One of us will respond to you, um, depending on when you email us, which one of us is in the, the state in the, in the office. Seriously, guys, if you saw our calendars for this month, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, um, anything else you can nope. think of? I think that's everything. Awesome. Well, I hope you guys enjoy these. As always, let us know your thoughts. Let us know what books you're reading. Um, yeah. Next time you hear my voice, it'll probably be really scratchy because I'm getting ready to go to Vegas for five days. <laughs> I'm already tired. So, all right. Um, well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.